Hello, welcome to Like What You Like. I'm your host, Blake Carell. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the show. What a year it's been. And I just wanted to mark it here that we've reached the conclusion of 2022's new music coverage on Like What You Like. It's a happy event. We're happy to be here. It's been so much good music this year. I can't believe it. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So this episode is about the honorable mentions of this year. I have worked and worked on a list and found my favorite records of the year. And it's not ever easy to do that. This is the most work I've ever put into a list. Last year was kind of me figuring out what I you know, was gravitating towards for 2021. And you can find the seven records that I put on that list on the Instagram feed if you dig far enough. But the albums that we're going to be talking about on this episode didn't quite make the cut, but I think they deserve their own episode. These are records that I think show tremendous potential for these artists. And there was so much good music this year that ranking them is something that I take pride in. But the point of this show isn't to diminish anything that these artists did. These were the records that made it into my top list are the ones that resonated most with me and fit into some other categories that I think were important to making a ranked list. But in all honesty, these honorable mentions will be records that I feel like I'm going to return to even after this year and music isn't all about the thing that's happening right now. It's about the history. It's about the things that grow with you over time. So just because these didn't make it into the top list doesn't mean I don't love them uh, in a certain special way. But like I said, sharing them with you here and that's why there's a whole episode dedicated to it. So don't get your feelings hurt. Okay, if you if you don't hear anything here that uh, that that you liked, you know, maybe that's in the next episode, but maybe I won't mention it at all. Uh, these are just my opinions. So we've covered a lot in this year in ten episodes. We took that really long break, and now we're back. We've been doing catching up. We've been doing record reviews. We've been doing tributes to people. Just kind of keeping up with the way that music moves in the way that news goes with music so hopefully this has been a good resource for you to finding some music and to celebrating the new stuff that's coming out and maybe the newer stuff to you the new music that you're just finding Um, it's one of my favorite things to do and why this has been such an outlet for me so today's episode is a little bit different we're going to say on one subject the entire time which is the honorable mentions from this year like i said we'll have a more in-depth coverage of my favorite records of the year with a special guest on the next episode i've got five records that i wanted to talk about from 2022 in this honorable mentions section and on the next episode we'll talk about my top five records from this year Um, Just want to mention that these are in no particular order for these honorable mentions. So get that out of the way. 
If I haven't said it enough already, thank you for listening. If you have listened to any of our previous episodes or if this is your first time listening, we are going to be continuing to do reviews, show recaps, more coverage of all sorts, maybe even interviews. And I would love to do like a live session or something with an artist to feature on the page. I'll keep writing. I'll keep thinking about these things and uh, hope you're, hope you're along for the ride. So yeah, let's get into the honorable mentions for like what you like of 2022. So the first album I want to talk about is Joyce Manor's 40 Ounces to Fresno. This is a record I was very much looking forward to from the moment that it was announced. Joyce Manor is one of my favorite bands of all time. I have a heart tattoo. If uh, you're a fan of the band, you know what that means. I have just such a long history of seeing this band live ever since Cody came out and they've had two subsequent records since then, Million Dollars to Kill Me and then this most recent one. Um, the single Gotta Let It Go was something that I posted about on my blog. I was very excited to hear some influences from Power Pop and like the band Weezer in that record. There was a big interview that I was pulling from for with Barry Johnson on Bandsplain when he kind of went through the entire Weezer catalog. He's like a Weezer historian. And this album, while short, had a lot of bangers on it. And there was a lot of discussion about the sequencing of the record on Twitter. I was I didn't really notice that upon my first listens of it. And I think the thing that I love the most about Joyce Manor is that they can write these short hooky songs with a lot of energy and they're like immediately recognizable as them. I don't think Joyce Manor has lost any of that edge. In fact, I think they've returned to some of the sounds that they like I first fell in love with them with on like Cody and then um never hung over again. Uh I know that Cody is a super uh, a super maligned record by fans, but that was how I was introduced to them. And I think there's some really awesome uh, ballads and stuff on there. I like it when they go quiet on some of their stuff. But the thing about 40 Ounces to Fresno was it seemed to be pulled together from a lot of disparate elements as well. I think while they were going back to their old sound, there was a lot of things that seemed a little jumbled on the record. The Orchestral Moves in the Dark cover, while I enjoy it very much within the track listing, sticks out to me as something that's sonically very different. And then I think returning to Secret Sister was a move that, while I appreciate them going back to that sound, I think it's also sonically something that doesn't quite fit on the record and in the original sequencing of the record 
it's at the end and it seems more like it should have been like a separate release b-side i love joyce manor and this record like only wanted that only made me want to hear more from them but its execution and its runtime and you know the type of rollout they did for it it just it didn't hit me in quite the same way as my favorite Joyce Manor records have, if that makes any sense. But 40 Ounces to Fresno is definitely something that I come back to uh, song to song. And that's sort of how I recall coming back to other records of theirs. And then, you know, falling in love with Never Hung Over Again and, you know, having my one song from that record and then, you know, it bleeds into the next song in the track listing. So that's kind of how I've enjoyed Joyce Manor in the past. And they're a band that anytime that they come to Chicago, I will definitely go see them. And I'm excited for the things that they do more. I think uh, Barry Johnson is a fantastic songwriter and I'm, you know, excited for Joyce Manor in the future, but that's my honorable mention. Number one is 40 ounces to Fresno by Joyce Manor. The next album that I wanted to talk about is from a friend of the podcast. The record came out on Days Records. It's called God Get Me the Fuck Out of Here by Cold God. If you've listened to the podcast in the past, you'll have heard a Catching Up episode from Matt. You'll have heard an interview with Matt. I am such a fan of his music, and maybe it's a little bit... Uh, you know, at a step to include him on something like this, but I think he is changing the game uh, in a genre that is pretty oversaturated with a lot of the same sounds. And I think Cold God contributes more to shoegaze in terms of its its depth of perspective and the influences it's drawing from to create something that's very special. Uh, Matt has a unique creative vision for the project and he takes his talents as a musician and executes just amazing songs. If you go back to those interviews that I've had with Matt, you can really get a sense of where this record is coming from. And the record itself seems to have a world built inside of it. There's there's skits and there's just a lot sonically that's happening that's all encompassing but it has this light pillowy effect as well in matt's voice you know there's harsher elements of it it's a heavier record too but it is just it's got so many layers to it that i think when you upon more listens of it you realize more things about it being it like heavier passages or the more melodic parts of the record i'm very excited to hear matt live i'm gonna go see his band in los angeles during the days records 15 year and we're gonna hopefully do something special for the podcast in celebration of that and just his whole year that he's had um haven't gotten to see cold god live but very much a fan and excited for the things that they do next. Um, I think they're 
just adding so much more to a genre that really feels oversaturated and I think is taking a turn within music. I think bands that have been inspired by shoegaze and even like critically, I think shoegaze is just something that we're starting to understand and Matt is somebody who understands it better than anybody. Yeah, check out this record if you want an expert look on how to do shoegaze in 2022. Another record that I think you should check out, especially if you like noodly guitars, maybe a little bit of emo, emotional lyrics, some actual heart-throbbing feelings inside of you is Pool Kids' self-titled record. It's got all that stuff I mentioned on it, but it's done with such precision and so tastefully that it like transcends all those things. I grew up listening to Tiny Moving Parts, uh, Intuit Over It, and Covet. Those bands, they get they get weedly weedly and twinkly and stuff like that, and they're mathy and all that cool stuff. But you know, I think what Pool Kids takes a step up in doing is making it hit really hard and not overdoing any of that stuff. I think there was a time and place for that kind of thing, but what Pool Kids has on this self-titled record is just a lot of impact, and I think they're balancing a lot of different things. Um, emo, sort of, at the beginning of the year was such a hot-button word. We were going through when we were young and all of the you know discourse around these nostalgia bands coming back for all the festivals, and Pool Kids released this album and kind of shows that there's a lot of depth in this genre still. There's there's still a lot of room for really great songwriting and you know tasteful production. Um, yeah, I just thought this record was such a breath of fresh air. Uh, the Conscious Uncoupling opening track is such an amazing hit, and I keep going back to that song. The first three songs of this record are just like a suite of, of great energetic emo music, and I unabashedly... We'll call it that. Uh, they were on tour with Couplet and Intuit Over It, two of Ed, Evan Weiss's bands. And I think they were a perfect fit for that. I wish I could have caught one of those shows. Um, but I think Pool Kids is going to have another great year in 2023. I hope to see them at some point And uh, hopefully they put out newer music when they're ready. But hopefully soon. Check out Pool Kids' self-titled album, Pool Kids. Let's move on to the next record. The next album was part of my Q1 favorites list. You can find that over on lwylmusic.com. These were albums in the first fiscal quarter of the year, which I think is a hilarious thing that people do, and I, I wanted to be a part of that. But I listened to a few of my favorite albums that came out at the beginning of the year, and that list is pretty packed, so if you see a couple of these albums appear on the favorites list in the next episode, you, uh, uh, you've you been warned. But I wanted to talk about Oso Oso's Sore Thumb, which was released at the end of quarter one. It is, it's a record that came after the passing of Tavish Maloney, which was 
Jade Lily Tree's collaborator during the making of this record. And you can really hear on the album how much fun they were having making the record. And his untimely death, you know, sort of shrouds the record in some, you know, retrospective uh, nostalgia. I think it really adds to the sort of fun nature of the songs and kind of how loose they are. Um, he finished up the record, Jade Lily Tree, finished up the record like as it was uh, when Tavish passed away. And I think that sort of production choice like makes it feel a little bit different. It feels a little bit rough around the edges and maybe in some senses it feels unfinished. But um, I think the ideas here are very sincere and they have a lot of weight to them and with the context of the record take on a different meaning since they were written while Tavish was still alive. Um, apparently they were doing a ton of drugs in the studio. Uh, I don't want to overstate that, but uh, that was something that added to the experience of making the record. And I think hearing that, you know, a lot of the story behind the record is just makes it kind of touching and that they were just really, you know, having a good time. Um, Oso Oso made a record a few years back called Basking in the Glow that was, uh, you know, a sensation for me in finding his music and then kind of going back and finding more about it. But I'm excited to maybe see Oso Oso in the future. I haven't actually gotten the chance to do that either, uh, but I got to see a lot of the records in my top list. I, I got to see a lot of those people play live, so I'll have a lot more live experiences to go over. But check out Sore Thumb uh, from Oso Oso. I think it got Best New Music from Pitchfork, which means that it's obviously super good and that you can trust everything that Pitchfork says. But uh, yeah. I don't know why I said that. Uh, go read on the Q1 favorites, the lwylmusic.com, uh, if you want to hear more about my thoughts on Sore Thumb by Oso Oso. And here we are at the last honorable mention from the year 2022. And I wanted to mention one more of my friends who released a record this year that I think you should check out. His name is Mitch Mead, and the record is Opening Act. I met Mitch at an open mic in Pilsen, which is a neighborhood in Chicago, at a shop called Anamoya, which is the most magical place in Chicago and probably the entire world. I heard Mitch play a song that I later found out was called Midwest Kids, and it completely floored me. I was I had to talk to him after his set and uh, tell him how much I liked his music. And then ever since, I have gone to see Mitch play at a couple of shows and booked him on some shows that I've been on as well. He's an amazing performer and opening act comprises a lot of songs that he's been playing over the years in Chicago as somebody who's been an opening act for a lot of bands at various venues. Uh, my favorite songs on the record are Midwest Kids, Love is Crazy is one song that I love to hear him play live. He's got an epic track called The Nile, which is just a beautiful story. And I think 
I would love to have Mitch on the podcast so he can explain all of this, but he comes from such a unique background as a songwriter and uh, writing. He's been in theater, so I think that really plays a part in the way that he composes songs and stories. He's he's a fan of the folk tradition. And uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll get Mitch on the podcast. I really encourage you to check out Opening Act. It's a smaller independent release from this year that I think is very much worth your attention if you're a fan of Springsteen, Bob Dylan, um, maybe The War on Drugs, even for a more modern touchstone. He's, uh, he's got a lot in there. And I think there's even a tinge, a tinge of emo, and he might, he might fess up to that as well in the future. But we'll, we'll try to get something set up with Mitch. Um, yeah, so that's the last record for my honorable mentions. We had uh, Opening Act by Mitch Mead, Sore Thumb by Oso Oso. We had Pool Kids, self-titled record, Pool Kids, and God Get Me the Fuck Out of Here by Cold God and 40 Ounces to Fresno by Joyce Manor. Those are my honorable mentions for 2022. Um, please go check out those records. Please go listen to past episodes of Like What You Like. You can look at us on the web at lwylmusic.com and give us a follow over on Instagram. I've been Blake Carell. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll have the top albums of 2022 with a very special guest next week. 